Hey y'all, welcome back. Episode 8, we're starting a new series on the gospel. Today's episode, we're going to discuss what the gospel is. Hi friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. We thought it would be fun to have a few guests explain what the gospel is. Some guests that we absolutely think are adorable. So here they are. Girls, tell us what the gospel means. Jesus came as a baby. And he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins and he was buried. And three days later, he rose again. Now that's the gospel. Good job, girls. You did a great job explaining what the gospel is. You know, I think that's so great. It's just such a simple definition. Growing up, I thought the gospel meant every single book in the Bible, every single word, and that seemed kind of overwhelming to me. Um, So we're going to break it down a little bit, and maybe by the end of this episode, that word won't seem quite so overwhelming to you if it does, like it did to me. So Erin, go ahead and tell us what the gospel means. All right, I think it's great for us to kind of just start here, like breaking it down. Like Casey said, the girls gave us a real simple, clear definition of what it is. Sometimes I think we hear the word gospel and it's it's almost Christianese where we think everybody knows what we mean when we say it, but a lot of times there's some confusion behind it. So we're going to try to break down that confusion today and give you a real clear but concise um, definition of what the gospel is. So another way gospel can be translated is good news. And we can't have good news without bad news. So the bad news is that we are helpless and broken and that our sin separates us from God. But the good news, which is the gospel, is that although we don't deserve it, God sent us his only son to die on the cross to give us eternal life and that all we need to do is to love and believe in Jesus as our savior and then we are redeemed to right standing with our creator God. And I think it's important for us to talk about the fact that we were dead in sin. It's important for us to talk about the bad news because it says in Ephesians 2 that we are dead in our trespasses. And sometimes we like to just focus on the good news, the the happy part of the gospel. Um, But without that bad news, the good news isn't as sweet. Just like if you were to experience all sunny days, they wouldn't seem as sweet as if after the rain and the sun comes out and it's so much sweeter. That's exactly the same with you have to focus on the bad news in order to truly appreciate the good news. Um, But nobody really likes to talk about how sinful they are. We're too self-focused. We're too proud. We don't want to just dwell on the fact that we're sinful. So we just sometimes skip that part of the gospel. But we're missing out on how beautiful the gospel really is. So we have to first accept our helplessness. Tim Keller says it like this. I am more broken and sinful than I ever dared believe. But at the very same time, I am more loved and accepted than I ever dared hope because of Jesus. Oh, keep going. I was just thinking about that quote. That's such a good quote. I love it. I was letting it soak in. And I think another thing we have to talk about here is a lot of times um, when you're, you know, having conversations, you're trying to share the gospel. It's hard for us to really grasp the fact of how sinful we are. Yeah. Um, especially in conversations with others like, well, I'm not that bad, mm-hmm. but that's kind of our 
um, our justice system. We think, well, I'm not as bad as that person, but there is no relativism in God's justice system. There is God who is holy and pure and absolutely perfect. And then there are us who fall into sin and we can never live up to the standard, um, of holiness that God requires of us. And, um, Sarah Wallace in her book, gospel centered mom, which is a phenomenal book, but she kind of does a really great job explaining this is that she says that the first truth we must accept if we want to go any deeper into the gospel is unfortunately where many people stop. Even Christians have a tendency to hem and haw around the issue of eternal judgment because they don't want to give God a bad rap. But God can take care of his own reputation. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that because I think that's so true. A lot of times we're like, oh, I don't want to make God seem mean or I don't want to make God seem this way. And she's like, God can take care of himself. He is who he is. Yes. And it's not our job to make excuses for that. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And she goes on to say, when we make light of our sin and the penalty it deserves, we make light of God himself. Wow. That's big. That is big. And she says, our self-centered hearts have a hard time accepting how sinful we really are. Everybody can amen to that. Mm -hmm. We try to close the gap between God and man by making our sin less sinful. But by doing that, by default, God becomes less holy and grace less beautiful. That makes me think of that uh, cross illustration that Mm -hmm. Megan was talking about last week about how the the more sinful we realize we are, the more we see our need for God. Instead mm-hmm. of the other way, we think the better we are, the closer we are to God when right. that's not that's not really the case. Right. It's good. It's good. I like that. So what is the punishment? We said that God is a just God. So what is our punishment for our sin and brokenness? The Bible says that in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. And that's what Aaron was talking about earlier, that we are dead in our sin. Um, But because he is just, our sin must be punished. But instead of putting that punishment on us, he chose to send his son Jesus to bear our sins by dying on the cross. And this just, I was actually talking to my girls about this this morning. I was talking about how God's a just God and and um, our sins had to be paid for in one way or another, but that Jesus took that all on on himself and just saying that out loud and just breaking it down and explaining it for the girls, it just, it, it just comes to life and seems that much more real and um I'm just so thankful so thankful for that that I don't have to bear that punishment for my sins mm-hmm. um so if we think back to the old testament we did this bible study a couple of, well I guess like a year and a half ago called mm-hmm. blood covenant and it was super, super good. Um, and we went back to the Old Testament and started looking at how they, I guess, paid for their sins in the Old Testament. And they had to, the people were told that they were to bring sacrifices and that they had to spill the blood of an animal to cover their sin. There had to be blood to cover their sin. And so that is exactly what Jesus did for Uh, did for us these people in the old testament they had to pick the best animal they had and the 
the cleanest, the most pure animal they had and spilled their blood to cover their sins. And that's what Jesus is for us. He's perfect. He was born of a virgin and he lived a sinless life. And so when he died on the cross and when he spilled his blood for us on the cross to pay for our sin, he was that perfect, blameless sacrifice that we needed. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just incredible. It's an incredible thing to think about. But the most amazing thing is after he was buried, just like the girl said at the first episode, he did not stay dead. Three days later, he rose again after Mm -hmm. being in the tomb for three days when, um, when Mary went to see his body, he wasn't there. Um, this is actually one of Aaron's favorite, Aaron's girl's favorite story because Mary thought she saw a gardener and it was actually Jesus. Um, he had risen from the grave. He was alive. Uh, but why is this story so significant? Why is this part so significant? Um, because if Jesus had stayed dead, he would be like all of the little G gods out there, but he's not. He's not like them and he's not dead. He's alive and the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of his father, mm. of our father. Preach it. Because of this, because he didn't stay dead, we as believers have the hope of heaven. When we pass on from this earth, we will spend eternity in paradise with our Lord and Savior. And that's why the rest of Romans 6.23 says, but the free gift of God is, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord for this hope. I just... This is why we have hope right here Mm -hmm. because of the gospel, the good news of the gospel. This is why we have hope. So good. It's so good. And I think it's, um, it's just so important for us to remember that he didn't stay dead. Like that's something that we hear and we know and we hear in church all the time. But if you stop and actually really think about that and what does that actually mean and how does that affect me and what does that, how does that redeem me? Like that's, that's how we're brought redemption is through Christ dying, but then also through him raising yes. back to, to life. It's amazing. And I think another thing that's important to note is that when he did that, we're, we're not just washed away of our sins. A lot of times we think we're just taken from bad to neutral. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus died on the cross, like you're saying, he paid for our sins. And that's absolutely true. And that in and of itself would be enough. Like that is amazing. Yes. That is beautiful but there's even more and I think this part is sometimes a part that we maybe forget about or we at least don't know how to walk in but we're not just taken from bad to neutral he didn't just wash us we weren't just crimson and he washed us to white but then he also took us from bad to neutral to good and he um, imputed his righteousness to us and Sarah Wallace um, in her gospel-centered mom book says Through the gospel, we don't just improve our identity, but we replace it. So this is through imputed righteousness, which sounds fancy, but all that means is that, um, like we said, our sins weren't just washed away and now we're blank, but instead our sins were washed away and were given Christ's righteousness. So when God looks at us, he sees what Christ did on the cross on our behalf. I love that. Um, This is kind of a hard concept to understand. Mm -hmm. And imputed righteousness is very much, once again, Christianese. Um, So once again, in that Bible study we did a couple of years ago, we talked about this term and exactly what it means. And I love the way it was explained to us. Basically, um, the person leading the Bible study said that if you write your name on the top of a paper and then list all of your sins below... 
um, such as like laziness, a bad temper, impatience, just anything you can think of that you struggle with that you know is not of God. It's not a holy thing. You write that below. And then you get another sheet of paper and you write Jesus at the top of that list. And then you list all of the characteristics of Jesus that you can think of. He's patient. He's loving. He's compassionate. He's holy. He's righteous. He's just. Just everything you can think of, you write on that. Now what you do is you rip up your list and you put your name at the top of the page with Jesus's list. Mm -hmm. And that is what imputed righteousness is. He takes your list and he tears it up. But not only does he tear up your list, you are given Jesus's list. Mm. And when God looks at you, he sees Jesus's characteristics. Um, That's hard for me to wrap my head around Mm -hmm. because I don't see myself that way. Um, I see all my flaws and all my sins. And so to know that God sees me that way, Mm -hmm. it kind of blows my mind a little bit, but that's, that's love. That's his love for us. And it just, it's just amazing. Yeah. I love that because it comes to mind as you're, as you're saying, like write down all your lists of all your sins. You think of, okay, I was short tempered with my kids or I didn't show my husband respect or whatever it is. And we think, okay, well, God's just looming over me, looking at those things where Mm -hmm. I failed. But like you said, we get to just tear those things up and be forgiven and walk in grace from that. And that's just so, so beautiful. Um, I think the last thing we just want to mention here about how we're defining the gospel is that it's not just historical facts. Sometimes I think we understand the gospel this way. Okay, Jesus was born, then he lived, and he lived a perfect life. Here's the facts. He died on the cross. The next fact is he was dead for three days, and then he rose again, and we kind of just bullet point it into this list. But we have to give it more credit than that. Mm -hmm. It's not just facts. It's transformative truth. And we'll go into this more in next week's episode at, at how we allow this to be transformative in our lives. But just know that this is not just something we read and understand. This is something that affects us so deeply that it transforms our hearts. Yes. So um, we told you at the you know the first few episodes of our podcast that this podcast is about the word. It is about scripture. It's about the Bible. And so um, we thought that we would read some verses that are just kind of good summaries of what the gospel is, just kind of in a nutshell. So most of you probably know, but um, John 3, 16 through 18 is just such a beautiful picture of the gospel. So I'm going to read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. It's so good. I think a lot of times we we just hear John 3, 16, but I think the 17 and 18 adds so much fullness to those verses. And I think sometimes when we hear the same verse over and over again, we don't actually listen to what it says. Yeah, I so, agree, yeah. Yeah, when you read that, I'm like, okay, this is mm-hmm. exactly the gospel. And yes. to, to take it for exactly what it says, not just thinking, oh, I've heard this before, I don't exactly. need to listen. Yeah. That's good. And then Casey and I both um, separately found this next passage of scripture and how perfect it is because like we told you if you listen to the first episode when we talked about how we named this podcast we got the name from Titus 2 which is 
as we, you've heard me say, it's one of my favorite um, just chapters in the whole Bible. And it, we got our verse from our name from verse 10. But right after that, it goes in um, to verses 11 through 14. And I'm going to read them to you. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And we'll go into this a little bit more in next week's episode, but I, I really like this passage because it's very practical. It tells us, you know, that we are to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age because I think sometimes we hear the gospel and then we're like, okay, now we're just waiting for heaven, but that's not the case. God has us here for a reason, and that's to live out the gospel and share the gospel and to glorify him in all things. And so this verse kind of just helps us to understand that this is for us and for now. Yes. That's good. Yeah, it was crazy because Aaron um, sent me a Voxer, if you know what a Voxer is. Mm -hmm. That's how we communicate a lot. But she sent me a Vox and um, said, hey, read read Titus 2, 11 through 14. Like, it explains the gospel exactly. And I said, oh, my goodness, that was just in a sermon I was listening to (laughs) earlier, and I thought the exact same thing. So I thought that was really cool how God does that. Another verse is in Ephesians, and I just want to mention something cool that I learned this morning as we were studying um, just our in our daily devotional with the girls. We were reading about what we believe and kind of about, about the gospel, and it was actually saying that in um, a lot of times in the epistles, which were the letters that Paul wrote, he would summarize the gospel um, to to the churches he was writing to. He would just do a summary. And so this was already on our list of things to read, of verses to read to you. And I just think it's cool that um, that other people have acknowledged that Paul actually, like that's exactly what he was doing was the whole purpose of what he was writing here was to summarize the gospel to these churches. So I just thought that was really neat. So this is Ephesians 2, 5 through 9. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is not our works, it's it's a gift, a free gift of God as we've already talked about like our list is full of sin Mm -hmm. and our works could not get us there but because of that imputed righteousness because Jesus came and covered our sins and now we have his list um we're saved through him and it's it's a free gift and that's just I just love that so much Mm -hmm. preach it And I think um, these were just a few examples that we wanted to give y'all, but search your own Bibles. That's, That's kind of our hope with this is that we're giving you some you know, some insight into the gospel, but then take that in turn and open your Bible and see where else can you find this? Because 
you'll find quickly that you see it through all the pages of scripture. The whole Bible points to Jesus. Like we talked about last week, um, Susan had mentioned her, the Jesus Storybook Bible, which says the whole Bible whispers his name. In the whole Bible, we see God drawing people to himself, broken, sinful people that he redeems through Jesus. And so do that. Search your scriptures and see where else you can find them and even share them with us if you'd like. Share them with us on social media. So that actually kind of brings me back to the beginning when I said that I thought the gospel meant the whole Bible. In reality, it does. Yeah. But you don't have to read cover to cover to understand mm-hmm. um, what the gospel means. It is good to read cover to cover, but but it can be simplified mm-hmm. into the simple fact that Jesus came as a baby. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins and was buried. And in three days he rose again. Mm-hmm. That's the gospel. And it really is that simple. Okay. Now that we've encouraged you to search your scriptures, we thought it'd be a good idea to get some more clarity from some other theologians who have studied um, before us. So Tim Keller says that it's not good advice. It's good news. Advice is to help you do something like most other religions, but good news is here to tell you what's been done for you. So like Casey was saying, it's just Jesus came, he died on the cross, he was buried, he rose, and we have redemption through him. So that's good news. That's something that's been done on our behalf. It's not something we have to earn or something we have to work for. It's already been done. You know, that also makes me think of the way that Sarah Wallace defines it. She says, religion enslaves, the gospel sets free. Religion says, look within and get busy. The gospel says, look to Christ and rest. Mm, Anytime it says rest, I'm like, ah. Yes, oh, sweet rest. (laughs) We have the ability to rest because of what's been done on our behalf. Yes, it is. So y'all hear me mention J.I. Packer a lot because I really like his Concise Theology book. And in that book... He defines it like this. He says, The gospel proclaims that the God who saved Israel from Egypt, Jonah from the fish's belly, the psalmist from death, and the soldiers from drowning, saves all who trust Christ from sin and sin's consequences. I love that he draws out that picture that it's the same God throughout the Old Testament all the way through that that saves us from our sin today. I love that too because um, reading through the Old Testament right now, I like just just thinking about how this same God that did all these things, you know, thousands of years ago Mm -hmm. is the same God that made me, that takes care of me, that's here with me day in and day out. And um, I don't know, it's just a really, really cool thing to think about. All right, make sure y'all come back next week. We'll be talking about why the gospel is important, how it affects our everyday life, and how we share it with others. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited for you to hear it. But um, before we leave you today, we want to leave you with a verse. It's John 17, 3. And it says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.